on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, that's a no, headshot, case closed What is up guys, it's Andy Purcell and this is the show for the realists Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society And welcome to mother freaking reality Yep, you like that one, don't you? <laughs> hey, it. today we have a very special show we have Andy and DJ Cruz, the mother freaking internet. That's right. We can't say the F word anymore. Yeah. Well, because I mean, YouTube, yeah. we can, but YouTube doesn't like it. Yeah. We, I, you know, we've had people in the comments. We should address that real quick. What do they say? They're like, man, you guys, you guys are already, you guys are censoring yourself. Oh, yeah. we're censoring ourselves? Really? Is there another yeah. show on the motherfucking planet that there says you. the shit that we say? Really? <laughs> it's called having a joke, bro. If you don't like it, don't listen. Unsubscribe. Go yeah. listen to well, someone, then, go listen to someone yeah. else telling more truth. Listen, the thing is, we need this message to get out, guys. So if we got to, you know, bleep a couple of F words so the show can get out. Yeah. It's a sacrifice. Well, you're free to go listen to anybody you want that's telling the truth. But I'm pretty sure there's nobody else. So I'll see you tomorrow, bitch. <laughs> How about that? All right. So this is called Cruise the Internet. This is where we put topics up on the screen. That's what CTI stands for. Cruise the Internet. Uh, we're going to put up some current event topics. We're going to talk about them. We're going to speculate on what's true, on uh, what's not true. And then we're going to talk about how we, the people, can be solutions to these problems going on in the world. All right. Other times we have Q&AF. Uh, Q&AF is where you get to submit questions and we answer them on the show. You can submit your questions one of a couple different ways. Guys, the first way is you can email those questions into askandy at andyforsella.com. Or... You can go on YouTube and on the Q&AF episodes, uh, you can drop your question in the comment section. We'll pick some from there as well. Other times we have real talk. Real talk is just five and to 20 minutes of me giving you some real talk. Uh, sometimes we have full length. That's where someone comes in and we just have like a regular podcast, pretty much what you're used to seeing. Uh, I know I said we were going to stop that, but uh, I lied. Um, and then we also have 75 hard verses, all right? 75 hard verses is where we bring people on who uh, have completed 75 hard and changed their entire lives. And uh, we talk about how they were before, how they are now, and what differences it's made in their life and how it can help you as well. If you're unfamiliar with 75 hard, I don't know where you've been because it's the most popular mental transformation program that's ever existed in human history. And you can get it for free at episode 208 in the audio feed, okay? Uh, 75 hard is the initial phase of the live hard program which is designed for you to win the war with yourself it's designed for you to build the essential traits of what it takes to be successful which are things like discipline mental toughness confidence self-belief grit fortitude perseverance and basically the ability to follow the plan because let's be real the problem isn't that you don't know what to do the problem is that you can't do it and that's what this program addresses and it's free so episode 208 audio feed there's a book on my website 75 hard uh, you don't have to buy it. You can get it for free on the podcast here. So uh, for all this stuff that we give you, we have this thing we call the fee. The fee is basically, uh, if you like the show, please share it. As we just discussed, we get censored everywhere we talk, everywhere we go. Uh, and we rely on you guys to get the message out. So um, please pay the fee. Don't be a hoe. Share the show. All right. So as I mentioned, we have a very special CTI today. Today... We have one of the key figures in what's going on in the world right now, especially when it comes to free speech, especially when it comes to big tech, government collusion and censorship. Uh, Missouri's own attorney general, Mr. Andrew Bailey. What's going on, brother? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing to have you here. 
Appreciate the opportunity. Appreciate you guys spreading the word. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing amazing work, and we figured we you're right here in Missouri, so it would be a good stop for you to come in and talk about, I think, the most important issue that's going on in the world right now, because if we lose the free speech here, everywhere is over, right? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's Orwellian what's going on right now. For I mean, sure. I, I think George Orwell, on his most creative day, couldn't have contrived the vast censorship enterprise that is permeating big tech today. And it's not permeating big tech organically to big tech. It's at the demand of the federal government. Right. From the very top levels of the White House, across a spectrum of bureaucratic agencies. Thank you all for covering this and for continuing to cover this. This is the most important First Amendment suit in this nation's history. And that's exactly what the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals most recently said. And let's put that in context for just a minute. In 1789, the second president of the United States John Adams and the Federalists passed a bill through Congress, the Alien and Sedition Act, designed to imprison anyone that questioned the president's foreign policy. That was bad. But the Fifth Circuit says what's going on here is worse. There is no enabling legislation. The people's elected representatives had had no say in this vast censorship enterprise. And everyone who uses big tech has suffered. Anyone who was deprived of information is now a victim of the censorship campaign from the federal government. That's that's crazy. Dude. Were, were you because I mean. I think that's the biggest key, right? Like people didn't understand, like it, like they think that it's protected. You know, it's okay for these big tech platforms to do this on their own. If it was on their own, okay, cool. That's their argument, right? That's the it's argument. A private business, but that's not the case. Like that, and and it's no, that been, is the case, but that's not what's happening. Right, right, right. Like and, and like and it's been it's been it's been discovered that like no, like our own federal government and actors inside of our own government are are controlling. These different fig- figures at all of these platforms, exactly, to silence, to censor, and 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 to to you know prop the narrative however they see fit, and like it's dangerous. Yeah, and this isn't just the three of us talking about this and imagining this is happening. We we have evidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lawsuit that my predecessor Eric Schmidt launched that we pushed forward and continued with. Uh, you know, we've scratched the surface. Preliminary discovery to go get a preliminary injunction against the federal government to protect our First Amendment rights. 20,000 pages of documents, numerous depositions. We put that evidence on in court on May 26th and uh, when we filed our motion for pre- preliminary injunction and the court believed the evidence. And that's why we were able to get that preliminary injunction on the 4th of July in celebration of this nation's independence. Now, the DOJ is incensed by this. They want to be able to silence any voice in opposition to the government. Didn't they file the appeal? Like, isn't that a red flag right there? Right. Like they're committed to the vast censorship enterprise. Man. So then we went up to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. We won there as well. At the end of the day, we're headed for the highest court in the land, United States Supreme Court. I think 100 years from now, kids in constitutional law class and law school will crack open the con law book and we'll be reading the case of Missouri v. Biden and think about the fight for freedom we made at this at this space, at this time, in this state. I think we're in a different... I actually agree with that. I, I think what's happening right now in society, both in the political realm and the cultural realm, is legitimately one of the most pivotal and historic times that this country will face. And I know people say that, right? They say it every election cycle. And, you know, they said that in the 90s. They said it in the 80s. They said it in the 70s. But I actually think right now is is really that way. And um, if we don't bring awareness to what's actually happening, because they've done a really good job at keeping everyone sort of ignorant to, to, to the level of what's actually happening, right? They have, like you were saying, DJ, they have convinced people of this of this uh, opinion 
that, you know, hey, that's a private company. They can do whatever they want, but they've left out the truth, which is that we have three letter agencies and government officials literally calling and sending emails and and, and threatening and saying, hey, this person needs to be deplatformed. These people need to be censored. This is what needs to happen. And that's what's been happening since, you know, I actually think it's, and you, you would probably know better than me, but I, I think this has been going on for a very long time. And I think where people really started to raise their eyebrows was during the 2020 situation with COVID and the censorship. And I think people started to pay attention like, oh, this is something, this is not right. Yeah. Because I remember in 2015, uh, I made a critical post on Facebook about Hillary Clinton. As you should. Yeah. And Hillary, and, and I got destroyed by like 10,000 comments in like five minutes. Yeah. And I was like, how? Because at the time I didn't have a following like I have now. I was like, how did this happen? And what I found out was that these were actually just all fake accounts that th- that that organization, that social media platform owned. And they had put them onto me to silence me. And so the censorship is not just the government reaching out. There's all kinds of different ways that they're doing it. They use bots to prop up narratives that they want. Mm-hmm. They use bots to attack people that they don't want speaking. They they do things like this, and you hear them say this all the time. It's freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach, mm-hmm. okay? So they, they think that they're justified to cut your traffic if they don't agree with what you're saying, which is the same as any other form of censorship. You know, do do we do we are we getting that far when we when we are suing these people with, with that? Yeah, I you know, a couple of points. Number one, I don't think what you're saying is hyperbole because it's actually happening, like you said, and it goes beyond just targeting specific posts. The the example that you gave, which I think is really salient, is that the and this is what the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals found as well. Again, this is a in a uh, judicial opinion. This isn't just Andrew Bailey positing this. This has been uh, proven in court. The terms of service on these big tech platforms, the algorithms were manipulated at the demand of the, of the federal government. Mm. So when you had that attack from the, mm-hmm. the big tech bots, mm-hmm. essentially, that's because the algorithm was changed to satisfy federal officials' demands in order to discredit a narrative that they disagree with. That's that insane. Is, that's also censorship. Yeah. I would also point out that, and I think you guys established this point at, at the, the onset here, the harm is ongoing. It's not like, okay, this one post was taken down or there's this period in time and we're past it now. That's not true at all. Yeah. Because individuals are now self-censoring to avoid the vast censorship enterprise. How many people don't want to talk about Donald Trump, don't want to talk about election integrity, don't want to talk about COVID because they're afraid that big tech's going to de-platform, de-emphasize, or they will be attacked? Well, they do that. That's real stuff. Mm-hmm. Like people like people are giving DJ and I saying, oh, you're, you're censoring. No, they have things in the first... 30 seconds of YouTube, where if you say a curse word, they automatically turn your page to to yellow and you get no traffic on the episode. So you guys that criticize us, you should ask yourself, would you like the message to be out there or would you like it not to be out there? Because mm-hmm. you only get three strikes. Yeah. And then you're off the platform. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you don't, if you don't, if you cuss within the first seven, like it's insane. Bro, stuff, or it's the same thing though. It, it, it's what Andrew's saying. If you talk about COVID, if you talk about election, if you talk about any of these things that are controversial, Trump, right we get we get clicked into yellow or 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 put an age restriction immediately yes immediately every single time and and by the way whenever they asked us to come on the platform they guaranteed us that would never happen because we were just an audio show for many many years we had a huge 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 audio show and we've just started on on youtube 
And they told us, oh, we're, we're getting away from that. We're not moving in that direction anymore. You're, you're going to be safe on this platform. And to be completely honest, it's not been that way. No. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, it's, it's, it's getting been increasingly the worse. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that if I may, I think the censorship enterprise is actually counterproductive. People don't yeah. trust the government, don't trust the information if they think they're only getting one side. The whole purpose yeah. behind the First Amendment rights of free speech is just to guarantee a free, fair and open marketplace of ideas where those ideas can compete and we can invite dissenting voices and come to the, the conclusion of what is and isn't truthful based on our debate, not based on government censorship. The government censorship is counterproductive to their ultimate aim. Now, it's harming us in the short term. Yeah. But in the long term, it's counterproductive. Fewer people trust what the government's saying. Fewer people trust what they're hearing and seeing for the very reason that we're we know we're being censored. It's like yeah. a spiral that they're they're not even aware they're in. Yeah. You know, they, they it's like, OK, well, they don't trust us. So we got to make sure they don't hear this other stuff. So we censor this stuff. Then they don't trust us some more. So then they censor more and it just continues to feed the beast. Right. Well, that's and the thing, because they're, I don't think the trust is coming back for a long. No, time. No, no, no. It's yeah. going to be a hard time for for our government to, to regain the trust of its citizens. And the, the, the thing and well, one, I mean, there's things that's helping improve that, like the work that you're doing, like the work that Eric Schmidt's doing, um, you know, but the thing is, it's like. You know, what happened to us just being able to be in a room, have disagreements, have open dialogues and say, you know, if there was a dumb idea that came up, okay, cool. Yeah, bro. That's just a dumb idea. Like, no, stop. Right. But, but that's not the world we're living in. What we're living in now, and that's what we talk about all the show on the show all the time is these people think that they have the birthright to have the authority over what we can say, what we should think, what we should buy, who we should support, what we should believe. You know, and they genuinely believe that they have that power over us. And and I believe their days are coming. I mean, I Did, think. Didn't we have a revolution to get away from that? I mean, yes. wasn't the whole point of the yeah. United States of America was to end authoritarianism. Yeah. And yet we're slouching towards authoritarianism. And here's the problem I've got. We used to elevate the rules of the game above the players and the outcomes. And yet the left has mm. jettisoned that approach. The rule of law doesn't matter anymore. The Constitution apparently doesn't matter to Joe Biden anymore. I mean, he's the one that's directing the vast censorship enterprise. We know that it's grown so fast. They had to develop a new bureaucratic structure to manage it. It is time we build a wall of separation between tech and state to protect our First Amendment rights. The first brick of that wall was laid on July 4th when we got that preliminary injunction. And we're going to keep fighting to build that wall as we move into an election cycle. Mm. It's it's more important now, more uh, more than ever. Yeah. You're a big believer of states' rights. Absolutely. So. And I am too. So is there a solution here to where like you and, and the guys here in Missouri could uh, could create a situation where they have to have an open algorithm here for the users in Missouri? Yeah. Is that is that something that like you see happening where it starts to go state by state or is it Texas some... and Florida have enacted that exact legislation? Really? And it's challenged right now. Yeah. I mean, they're and I, th I think the root of the problem, I think, again, Senator Eric Schmidt very uh, quickly pointed out the, the accurately pointed out the root of the problem. And it's Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. It's been mm. misinterpreted by the courts and misapplied. And that is that is the problem that we've got right now with big tech. And and that's why that wall of separation is so important. But but, yeah, Texas and Florida have both enacted uh, state statutes that require some uh, clarity, some publication of the algorithms, some acknowledgement that uh, terms of service that if you're going if you're using the product, you it's clearly labeled. So, you know what you're getting, you know, if you're going to be censored and, and, and why you would be censored. Now, that doesn't completely solve the problem, but at least it begins to chip away at, at it unless and until we can get either 
amendment to Section 230 or a, a proper judicial interpretation of Section 230. Well, and I, I think that Eric Schmidt's concept is is really good. I mean, that's good legislation if you can ever get it get it moving. I mean, you, there are going to be those in Congress who uh, on the left who want to support the vast censorship enterprise because they think that's the only way they're they can benefiting win. from it today. They're silencing voices right. in opposition like Eric Schmidt. Well, and not, so, not only that, when you got, you know, Mark Zuckerberg that's dumping half a billion dollars into these left campaigns, why would they vote to overturn 230? Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, he's keeping them elected. That's a great point. Yeah, like, why why would he do that? It's like, a cash cow for the monopoly, but yeah. also for the politicians to support. They them. understand that if they protect him, that he's going to dump money He'll in keep up, Yeah, it's just recycling our money. Right. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, I did want to point out a couple of things, too, though, uh, before we get into the show, um, Andrew. Can you, what, so, so your background, right, you got, you, you're a veteran, uh, born and raised here in Missouri. Grew up here in Missouri, yeah, Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. So can we, can we talk a little bit about that? Because I got some good pictures out of you, man. I, I, I would pull a couple of these up here, man. <laughs> oh, there you are. Yeah, that'd be Kuwait in 2005. Man, was it hot over there? It was warm. Yeah. It was so yeah. <laughs> now you now you you were in the Look at the, that. the tank battalion, yeah. right? That is super cool, dude. Yeah, Armored Cavalry. Uh the last heavy armored cavalry regiment in the United States Army. Wow. Actually, a uh, third ACR. It was uh, originally a mounted rifleman. It was formed at, in Fort Jackson, Missouri, mm -hmm. uh, to fight the uh, the uh, frontier wars, and then it, you know was in the Civil War, World War One. It's one of the oldest units in the army. Man, that's super cool. So, did you were you on a tank? Yeah, yeah, I was trained on tanks at Fort Knox, Kentucky. What, did you, what was your job on the tank? Uh, I was a uh, the tank commander. Had well at, at tank school, you know, you're trained to be a tank commander. So you have four tanks. You do every job on the tank to kind of learn yeah. the jobs. I mean, shooting that 120 millimeter main gun and having yeah. it going off right at your head and putting a 120 millimeter round downrange at a pinpoint accuracy. I mean, that that's pretty exhilarating. Yeah. Got to my unit and I was assigned as a scout platoon leader. So I had six Bradley fighting vehicles and 30 soldiers. Usually. Two platoons of Iraqis. The the Bradley is an you know designed as an armored personnel carrier. It's got a twenty five millimeter chain gun, holds up to six dismounts in the back. I spent equal amount of time in the turret and on the ground, you know, setting up traffic control points, uh, doing cordon and search operations, and that training cool, Iraqi police man. and soldiers. That's badass. That is badass. That's badass, man. Bro, I got an APC. I got I got a, I got a V I got a VF four thirty two. When when can I come check yeah. this? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. We could be we do I'll some be YouTube home, content. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Teach us how to drive it. Yeah, that's that's what what saying. <laughs> we have no idea. Yeah, yeah, for real, man. We should do something. I'm, That'd be I'm fun, in, man. Yeah. All right. Cool. You can see Andrew. You can see Andrew Bailey on the on the YouTube car series. That's what I'm saying. We're gonna run over some stuff with APC, dope, man. So so what made you so what made you take the fight from abroad and bring it back home? I care about. Uh, the freedoms we enjoy in the United States of America. This yeah. country was founded upon some timeless principles of individual liberties and individual responsibilities. Mm. Principles that I see around me here, you know, that, that, that are part of your culture. And it bothers me that those principles are under attack. They were under attack in the early 2000s yeah, by man. foreign enemies. Yeah. They are now under attack by domestic enemies. And it's time that folks wake up. You don't have to agree with everything we're doing. You don't have to agree with all of my speech. But can't we all get together and agree that free speech is a good thing? We used to be able to agree. When I say we used to elevate the rules above the players and the outcomes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And the left is, has jettisoned that approach. One wonders if the New York Times and the, the legacy media would be you know, as silent as they are now if they were the ones who had suffered censorship. It's viewpoint discrimination. Yeah. 
our our basic freedoms are under attack and we it's going to take courage it's going to take discipline it's going to take take sustained effort to defend those freedoms against attack this nation was founded that our, our constitution is in a lot of ways our national identity other countries were founded by homogeneously ethnic groups uh but but united states of america everybody can come here and right. have an opportunity to to grow to work to to achieve and it takes freedom to do that. And the Constitution is the is the playing field upon which we play the game of democracy. But the structure matters. So fighting for those individual liberties, those individual freedoms, fighting to, to maintain that structure, the, the, the role that states play in our federal democratic republic, that's important. And we can't overlook it. We can't forget about it. And it, it's going to take discipline, sustained forward progress. I love that, man. I do too. Uh, one, one more question real quick. Uh what were you like? Were you teaching him the grill? Marks? He's showing me, man. I, okay, yeah, yeah gotcha. he's showing me. Yeah, <laughs> there's an art to that. Uh, it is. There's 100%. an art to that. Get the 100%. right angle, man. You got, yeah, you yeah. got. You've got to get yeah. the grill marks going the right way, dude. Dude, I just saw. I said, man, that's a burger school. You right know what there, I like man. about this picture here? It shows that that uh, that our attorney general here in Missouri is a man. For the details, yeah, I can appreciate that. You got some biceps. I can on appreciate team. that. Yeah, you need my protein after workout, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, guys, let's get into this show. Uh, before we get to our first headline, I want to bring up a trending topic right now. Um, that there's a lot of uh, it's it's like a mysterious topic because there's just not a whole lot of info on it. But I want to get you guys' initial opinions. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen this headline, but this headline reads. Arizona governor mysteriously steps down for one day. Um, have you guys seen this? Have you guys I, I saw this? that late last night. Late last night it came out. I didn't know if that was real or not. It's it's absolutely real. Yeah, so let's dive into this. So on Wednesday evening, the Arizona treasurer announced that she will be serving as acting governor beginning later uh, this evening, which was Wednesday night, um, until mid-morning tomorrow, Thursday afternoon, amid a mysterious disappearance of Governor Katie Hobbs. Uh, in a press release on Twitter, formerly uh, or X, um, Arizona Treasurer uh, Kimberly Yee announced her brief tenure as acting government. So, uh, acting governor. This is her official statement that was released September 27th, um, and it reads, "Quote." I have been notified that I will be serving as acting governor beginning later this evening until mid-morning tomorrow. While I am pleased to step into this role, I will refrain from naming directors to the 13 agencies that currently have vacancies and will not call the Arizona legislature into session to confirm them. That being said, I do hope when the governor returns to Arizona, she will promptly name qualified directors to these important state agencies and remove the legal uncertainty that exists for all of the regulatory cause uh, actions taken by the agencies. I expect to see a swift resolution to this matter so we can get back uh, to getting the work done for Arizona taxpayers. Um, it, it is just very, very weird, right? And like, even the line of secession in, in the Arizona's constitution was not followed here. Like, they skipped over two people. Um, Arizona, unlike many states, they do not have a lieutenant governor. Um, but it sh the, the power should have went to the Secretary of State. Um, if it wouldn't have went there, it would have went to the Attorney General then the, the the state treasurer it's just weird i don't and like and here's did, the thing did they say what what the no, deal was yeah so so yay the the ye uh, she refrained to comment um hops did not comment um nobody's talking about it all we have to go off so of, is she back in now i've yet to see anything to confirm that it is it is super weird and like leave it to you know like listen well, did they finally arrest her for stealing an election listen 
I mean, <laughs> we're loyal that to would the be foil amazing. Here. All right, we're loyal to the foil, but the, I I don't know, man. Have you seen anything like this? I've never seen anything like that, I, and I think it undermines the rule of law. Like you said, the order of succession as prescribed in the Arizona Constitution was not followed. No, but there's also a transparency problem. You know, when right. if something that major is going to happen, it's up to the the governor and the other uh, officials in state government to explain what's happening and why it's happening. And I think that that level of silence on something that important is bad for our democratic republic. I agree, dude. Like it's it's a complete violation of what this country's about. You know, we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be uh, electing people who are acting in our interests, who are sharing the truth with us, who are saying, hey, these are the things we're dealing with. This is reality. This is what's going on. And uh, things like this just further dilute the trust that we have in the entire system. I think you made a really good point here when you talk about diluting the rule of law, because we we consistently see this, right? Like, especially with all the Soros uh, nominated prosecutors and, and supported prosecutors all through the country. You know, it's almost like <clears throat> it's almost like if you're part of their it's not almost like that it has gotten to this point. If you're part of their team, the rule is not applicable. And if you're not on their team, the rule is applicable to a harsh extent. You get the whole book. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. And it's it's really scary, man, for, for what's happening. And, and uh, I, I personally am very grateful to live in Missouri mm. because of this. No, no one benefits from yeah. the elimination of the rule of law. No one. Look at what happened in the in the city of St. Louis when we had a Soros backed prosecutor who was unlawfully refusing to enforce the law. 500, 542 businesses left downtown St. Louis. Yeah. Ninety six percent of crimes reported she wouldn't charge. Think That's about that. Insane. For That's crimes reported. That's not crimes committed. It's something yeah. people stop calling the police and the police stop taking police reports because she won't do anything about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, and who benefited from that? No, no one is better off for that. Uh, well, certainly not any of us. Yeah, when it, it became a regional. I mean, if you, were, issue. if you were intentionally trying to destroy our country and that was your goal, you'd be benefiting from that. It's like the enemy's in a Trojan horse and is behind the gates. Exactly, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's dangerous. So I mean, we'll, we'll we'll keep updated on this, man. I'll see if there's uh, any updates that come out about this Arizona situation. I've been seeing some. Like, listen, there's been some very very interesting commentary coming out of Arizona. Well, right I now. hope they arrest her. That'd be awesome. It'd be cool, but just say that. Yeah. Like, but I mean, at the same time, I get it. Like, like, well, they're not going to say that. Hey, that's what they I'm arrested saying. me. Yeah, exactly. That's right. what I get it. No, notice all the things she said she wasn't going to do. Right. Yeah. Like, this almost seems a little self-aggrandizing to me. Like, don't yeah. worry, I'm not going to do any of the things that a governor does. Like this, this, I know what the governor does, but you don't have to worry about me doing those things, even though I am the governor right it's now. It's like, just why, weird. Why put that in the press release? Yeah. That's, it was weird. Super weird. And it came out like like seven o'clock, eight o'clock last night. Bro, she stole. Listen, man, this, I, like, this yeah. is she stole the election while everybody was watching to see if she was going to steal the election. And like she they, oversaw that process. Yeah, she oversaw <laughs> the process. They The voting machines were turned off like at like 11 o'clock in the morning at half these places where people voted like. Dude, she stole the election like we all we all saw it. Carrie Lake has 20,000 people at every single rally she's doing. This woman didn't even do any rallies. It's the same play they ran with Biden. The same one. Yet another example about how much she doesn't like transparency and accountability. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure, man. It's crazy, man. Well, let's get into this show, man. We're going to have some fun. Guys, remember, if you want to see any of these pictures, articles, links, videos, go to andyfasella.com. You can find them linked there. Or if you're watching on YouTube, check the description below. You can find them linked there as well. Uh, so with that being said, headline number one. And on the one reads, Missouri AG sues local school board, says members knowingly excluded parents from trans bathroom discussions. 
If only we could have him on, you know, to maybe. I like, would love to have him on and talk about this. That's what I'm saying. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Andrew. I can confirm this one's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can confirm that. Yeah, so let, let's dive into this a little bit. So, uh, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey is suing members of a local school board for allegedly violating the state's open meetings law by discussing a policy concerning the treatment of transgender students during a closed door meeting rather than at a public one. Uh, in a lawsuit that was just filed Wednesday against the Wins, uh, Winsville School District uh, Board of Education, Bailey alleges members of the board, quote, knowingly excluded parents from policy discussions about bathrooms and locker room access for transgender students uh, during two private meetings over the summer. Um, and that's not all. You, you've done a little bit some more work very, very recently here. This headline reads Missouri AG sues health provider uh, for allegedly not giving mental evaluations before sex reassignments. Uh, Missouri attorney general, Andrew Dude. Bailey. Yeah. He's doing some big work. That's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, so Missouri attorney uh, general, Andrew Bailey filed a lawsuit against a healthcare company last week after it provided puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to minors without a mental health assessment as required by state law before sex reassignments were banned. On August 28th, Missouri's Save Adolescents from Experimentation, or the SAFE Act, uh, was implemented as law in the state. After the law was passed, Bailey's office sent a letter to providers across Missouri warning them to stop providing experimental treatment uh, on treatment immediately. Um, now here's the thing, man. I like you. I like you a lot. You're doing some awesome work. So I was like, you know, I, I, I just like to see what they have to say about somebody who's, who's doing the good work. Right. And I, only, I found one article. Okay. And I just, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've seen it. I don't know, but, but this is what they have to say about the man that's bringing the fight uh, to him. Uh, this headline reads, Missouri's unelected AG has taken aggressive steps to expand power. Has he gone too far? That's what they got to say. That's it. Has he gone too far because he doesn't want parents to be left in the dark about decisions being made about boys being in the bathroom with their young girls or vice versa? You're, you're so irresponsible. What, yeah. what is what is wrong with you? Yeah, you know. This is so crazy. I don't think he's gone far enough. Dude. I keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll never apologize for fighting to protect parental rights to know what's going on in their kids' schools. And to have a voice in that process or to protect kids from dangerous and experimental drugs and procedures when the providers were, were not providing adequate mental health services pursuant to the evidence that we have in front of us. And so this is a, a, a scourge upon our nation and our state. We're fighting to protect kids. And, uh, you know, if I'm the bad guy for that, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's good to be the bad guy. So you know on these I mean? mental health things, you're saying so you're saying that, you know, these kids were walking into these healthcare facilities right and without any screening just like i want to i'm a boy i want to be a girl boom done here you go i think it's it, a lot of the evidence we have is it's even worse than that that these kids come in with gender dysphoria i mean these are young impressionable children still children going through tough times in their lives the hormones are flowing right i mean we all remember that time in our life there's yeah. a lot of peer yeah, they pressure were. Yeah. society has changed it's a lot more intense now than it was so these young young boys and girls come into these clinics and are deprived Mental health services, deprived psychology, psychiatry, even a mental health assessment, even and a talk, even a talk. Like, yeah. hey, what's going on? How about we talk through this? Yeah. And instead, are they're being pushed powerful, 
dangerous drugs that have zero FDA approvals for treatment of gender dysphoria and ultimately referred for irreversible surgery. So imagine if you've got a 10, 11, 12, 13 year old daughter who's going through a tough time and says, well, I think I might want to be a boy is administered these pills, gets the surgery and 20 years later wants to have a child themselves and can't. Their life is That's forever. happening every day, brother. It, it has happened every yeah. day. They're, these are victims of a system. We're fighting back against that system. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. This whole the, this whole transgender children stuff that's been happening for the last four or five years. It, it personally, it's disgusting. To mm-hmm. me. Okay, like we're removing these. The reason these kids are coming into these doctor's offices confused is because they've listened to their teacher talk about it for the last four years about how there's something wrong with them because they're actually just a normal little boy or girl. Like, that's going to confuse a little kid. And the, the, the fact that we have grown adults who we are supposed to trust to teach our children basic skills of how to operate in life and be effective in life and are instead teaching them their own personal gender ideology opinions or fetishes right it is a fetish okay and they're pushing this shit on these kids instead of educating them that's a problem in itself and then we have a problem on top of it where people are so afraid to even stand up and point or say anything because these people have been vicious for the last 10 years in attacking a company with the big tech censorship a company with the big tech supported attacks and the propping up of these narratives to where people don't even want to say anything about it. And now we literally have predators ruining kids' lives. And it's not 20 years down the road. The detransitioner movement is getting massive. And a lot of these kids have just been, you know, they're they're 16 or 15 and now they're 20 and they're realizing, holy shit, my life is ruined. And bro, I'm I'm with you, dude. I can't stand around as a grown adult man and not call it what it is. Like it, it's psychological manipulation. It is predatory. It is lifelong damaging, and it's completely wrong. And it should be criminal, in my opinion. Well, that's my question. Pop quiz here. So, so I'm a parent, and I don't homeschool my children. Uh, but if I don't send my kids to school, I get charged with what? Truancy, right? Yeah. There's a crime for that. Um, if, you know, I let my kids throw a house party and, you know, they're 16, 17 years old and there's alcohol involved, the cops come, I'm going to get in trouble for that. Right. Um, there, there's countless of things that are put into our criminal law, our law abiding citizens must follow when it comes to protecting kids. Is there a path to hold parents accountable who are sending their kids to these facilities who, you know, because in my opinion, the parents are just as sick as anybody else. Yeah. Right? Like if you think it's okay to take your own child into one of these facilities and remove the genitalia or give them pills, that's going to make them sterile, right? Like what, is there a legal path to hold parents accountable who are, you know, offering their kids up to these type of treatments? Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at chapter 211's uh, definition of abuse and neglect, that's it. Fall, but, but let me say this too, you know, the evidence that we have that is in a lot of these clinics, what's going on is the parents are confused too. And the parents are like, I don't know, because this is a, a new thing right. for this generation. And so the parents will take their young children to these clinics and put yourself in the parents' shoes. And all of a sudden, you've well, got- Well, they're told, they're told the, the, the stat, right? They're yeah. set, they tell them the, the stat. And you know what the stat is? 46% of these kids that don't get this treatment commit suicide. Yeah. You want a live son or a dead dog. That's right. And and, and then all of a sudden, oh, the parents are sitting That's there saying, what they well, say. I'm, I'm, these are medical experts. I don't know what to do. Yeah. 
And I would also point out that at least some of the evidence we have is that the clinics were specifically targeting the parent most likely to acquiesce to co coercion and isolating that parent from the other parent that was objecting oh. in order to obtain quote unquote consent. Now that doesn't meet the legal definition of consent. That's coercion under du duress. But, but yeah, I mean, th this is an enormous problem. And, and, and to, to your point, you know, one, some of the evidence we have in the, the Winsville school board issue is not only that they unlawfully closed the meeting to adopt a, a, a transgender bathroom policy, but that the policy itself was intended to avoid having to tell parents when their children chose to use a bathroom of the opposite gender. So we have layer upon layer of... At what point did the education system become okay with, like, them... You know, like like we have uh, Biden coming up and and, and uh, Kareem Jean Pierre coming up and saying, "Those are our children. They're right. not the parents' children." That's some evil shit, dude. How dare we get in the way? Yeah, yeah. We, Missourians don't co-parent with the government. Not not while I'm aging. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, dude, it's 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 really scary how far this has gone and how much this sounds like legitimate, you know, communism from the 1930s and 40s and 50s. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, dude, I, it's so crazy to me because I remember, like... Like, the state owns our kids? Right. No, the well, fuck I mean, it even doesn't. Even when it comes to, like, just school choice, man, it's like, you know, what happened to basing the, the quality of the school off of their reading math levels, right? Like, I thought that used to be the baseline standard of, like, what made a good school. And now it's like, well... Damn, like you gotta check the bathroom signs to make bro, sure that this bro, is a good thing. Think about like, that's this insane. Stuff, think about all the stuff that we all did as kids. Like, think about like you know, dude, we ran around, we rode our bikes, we played baseball, we played with the kids in the neighborhood. Like, Do stuff at homeless people. Bro, like we started liking girls, and your buddies were like, your buddies were like, Oh, you like that girl? You're like, No, I don't. Yeah, right. Right? right. Like Cooties. just normal kid shit. Now these kids are five years old reading books about sexual acts. You know what I'm saying? They're getting pressured by mentally ill, deranged teachers who are telling them that they are in the wrong body. Imagine if you're five, six, seven, eight years old, right? You're you're little and you have a grown adult who you're told to listen to and respect and trust and, and all these things. OK, teachers have an, an, an like even even a more amount of trust than a normal human being would have because the parents are trusting the teacher to like take care of these kids and then we 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 get them in there and they start teaching them all this shit but fucking with them <laughs> bro this is insane like don't like you say who should be held accountable those teachers should be held accountable yeah i think teachers they shouldn't be able too, to teach this kind of shit in yeah. schools to these young kids like that, dude, they're stealing their childhood. The, these kids are running around in their neighborhood talking about how they're trans now or how they're this or they're that or they're gay or they're like, bro, you're you're five. You're yeah. supposed to be like playing in the dirt, man. Like eating mud, mud pies. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's whatever. not a celebration of diversity to sexualize children. No. Now. And, and to your point, you know, what we see, section, I think it's 170015 is the statute that governs how human sexuality is allowed to be taught in schools. And there's really specific guardrails of what can and can't be taught. And it has a parental opt-in or opt-out procedure. And so where, where we see the problem is that schools are getting around that with, a, well, it's a transgender bathroom policy. Or this is a book on, on diversity in the library. Well, you're still exposing our children to sexual behaviors and sexual concepts that may not be consistent with the parents' values. So that's why we're going to continue to fight for the parents' rights to have a say in that process and understand what's going on in the schools. Do you, like, how old are you? 42. Okay, so we're close to the same age. Like, do you ever, like, look around and you're just like, 
what the fuck <laughs> is going on? Because that's what I think. Like, that's yeah. what I think all the time. I'm looking around. It, it's like, am I just old? Am I old now and I just don't get it? Or, is this or, like get off the line? Yeah, but it's not that. Yeah, no. Because when I was a kid and the old men were like old, it wasn't like they were like, we weren't over here like mutilating our genitals or, <laughs> you know, giving testosterone to, to six-year-old girls. Like, yeah. like, dude, I'm embarrassed for our generation for allowing this to happen. Like yeah. what's happening here should be an embarrassment to every single person who is above 30 years old. Like you guys should be embarrassed. This is absurd shit. It's evil shit. And we will be judged as humans based upon what's happening here. This is some of the most evil stuff that's ever happened in the history of humankind. We are allowing deranged, mentally fucked up people to convince kids to sterilize themselves or cut off and mutilate their genitalia. That like, And it's like some sort of cool, noble thing to do. Yeah, I think those doctors need to have their their. Uh, their Bro, if the their, rapture their happened today, licenses. I'd say yeah, that's a good thing that we needed that. Yeah, you know, yeah. those doctors need to have their licenses like Bro. taken. In history, that's what's happened. Yeah, in history, that's what's happened to these doctors who are doing this stuff. They've been held accountable, and they, in fact, multiple times in history, who the doctors who've done these things have been put to death later. So I'm actually hoping I'm that's where forward. we go. That's my personal opinion. Look at the 1940s and 50s. At the time, uh, the leading medicine and science said that lobotomies were a safe and effective way to yeah. treat a mental health disorder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going we're to take part of your brain, part out. Of your brain out, yeah. right? And we look back now that, that that's an abomination. I don't know, man. It, it seems I like it's working good right it. now. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it's for real, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that it's like bad decisions. Said, history, yeah. we're going to look back. At Not this everybody period. needs one. We're going to look back at this period in time in horror. And, yeah. uh, you know, luckily there's voices like, Y'all that are standing up and saying this, this ain't right. It's not right, and it, it's important to get that message out there to combat the other side that wants to silence it, that wants to mis- mischaracterize it, that wants to silence the voices in opposition, and, and say that somehow we're hateful for wanting to protect kids. Yeah, it's all you have to do is spend all you have to do is spend ten minutes, like looking into the detransition movement and listening and hearing and and reading what they have to say, and you will not any there will be no confusion anymore. It's over. Or if you can actually find some pictures of the actual surgeries uh, the transgender surgeries most people have never seen those pictures and they're not easy they're not easy to find yeah, why is if that? you go on google and try to find them they're very hard to find why is that yeah, why is that because if you saw them you would immediately understand how evil this actually is it's real shit man guys jump in on this conversation let us know what your thoughts are uh, down in the comments hashtag show me state let me know what you guys think uh, before we get to our second headline we got a little special segment here we like to do all the time. We are going to cruise the mother freaking comments. Uh, this is where we pull a comment up from our YouTube page and we uh, let's just see what the people have to say. Uh, so this comment is coming from at haters underscore 10 locks 34. <laughs> After listening almost 350 episodes, I'm slowly getting convinced DJ is secretly racist. <laughs> well, yeah. You got me. Know, yeah. Yeah, man. You know. hey. Bro, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> man, I know. think he's, well, you got to, for you guys listening on audio, he puts like 10 laughing faces <laughs> after it. Like, but that's a pretty funny joke. Hey, listen, why is comedy so funny? Because it's true. I'm not. I promise. Um, but no, guys, we appreciate you guys commenting. Liking. What do you have to say, bro? You got to respond. I plead the fifth. You? Oh, okay. I got the AG. I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth. All right? I, think, I like the it, username. Yeah, the username is great. 
I see this. I see this person on there quite a bit. I don't know if it's like a, a guy or a girl, but bro, I that's pretty funny. They 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 are a real ass fan. So, um, you know what the funniest part is? What secretly? <laughs> <laughs> see, I feel like that's a bad mischaracterization of. of yeah, you read it wrong, bro. Ain't <laughs> yeah, yeah. shit secret. You know what I'm saying, dude? Fucking, I hate. Bro, oh people. my god, dude, no, that's so funny. Just kidding, I promise. Uh, but yeah, guys, keep keep liking, keep commenting, keep keep uh, keep supporting us, keep being real ass fans. Uh, so let's let's get right back into it. We got headline number two. Secretly, <laughs> headline number two reads: uh, Second Republican debate. Here's the biggest winner and the biggest loser. So we had round two of the GOP debates. Um, this is a Fox News article. Um, so let's dive into it now. I shall uh, advise everybody: This is an opinion article. Uh, but we got some some pretty cool stuff about this. So um, article reads, expectations are everything in life. And they certainly were key to the outcome of the second Republican debate held at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California. Uh, the winner of the evening was Governor Ron DeSantis, for whom expectations were low. The audience was reminded of his achievements and why the Florida governor is running second uh, in the GOP primary polls. Nikki Haley, from whom much was expected, failed to live up to her performance in the first debate, but held her own. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was not as annoying as in the first debate, uh, but he has yet to show he is ready to be president. South According Carolina, to whom? Who, who's writing yeah, it's this? It's just an opinion. It's an opinion okay. piece. Yeah, so this is uh, uh, Liz Peak. Okay, well, okay. cool. So nobody. Yeah. I so mean, nobody's I, opinion. Got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, but uh, she says that uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott was more combative as expected, but probably did move the needle on his changes. Um, as for everybody else, with respect, it is time for Mike Pitts, uh, Chris Christie, put, and put Doug, them to sleep. Yeah, uh, to drop out the race. You lived a good life. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, time, time to sit down. Now, here's the interesting thing. So, uh, I like Daily Mail. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with their. We, we put them on here all the time. It's a great, uh, great source. They ran their own poll. Uh, for who they thought won the the second round of the GOD, uh, GOP debates, um, it's a very very interesting winner. So uh, this headline reads: Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump. Say. Yeah, 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 declared yeah. winner of second Republican debate in Daily Mail poll, even though he stayed away. He wasn't even there. Um, so this is their poll: um, has Donald Trump at twenty seven percent, with Vivek at twenty six, DeSantis at seventeen, um, and uh, Haley Pence tied for six. Goes down and down. I don't think that they are doing themselves a service when they are constantly just bringing him up. Like that's not helping. It's not helping Trump. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, look, dude, they're trying to compete against Trump. Sometimes when you're competing, you got to talk about your competition. But here's the truth: you're only talking about here, your competition. Here, 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 yes. <laughs> Donald Trump is a branding expert. He is actual, literal branding genius. You guys can hate him all you want. The guy's super smart. He's more strategic than anybody that's out there by a lot. He knows exactly what he's doing by not participating in the debate. And he's creating a vacuum for when he does decide to participate in what he's doing. So I could see exactly what moves he's making very clear. Um, but these people, I tried to watch some of the debate and I caught some of it. And and Vivek did well. I Real talk, like I like Vivek. You got a lot of people are saying, oh, he's a plant or he's this or he's that. I've not seen any proof of that. I've seen, um, I've sat, he sat right here where Andrew has, giving me an honest conversation. We've stayed in touch. He treats me good. He seems to, you know, 
Maybe he's made some mistakes in his past life. I don't know, bro. I'm not perfect either, so I don't judge because I'm not perfect. But here's what I'll say. Um, He was the only candidate up there, the only single one, including Donald Trump, who actually went on on public television in front of the whole country and said that transgenderism in children is a mental disorder that is propagated by the teachers. The exact conversation that we just had that we all agree with He's the only one, when Donald Trump was asked the same question, Donald Trump balked at it. Donald Trump, uh, 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 who was it, uh, Megyn Kelly, yep. asked him. And he he was like, well, uh, it, uh, 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 bro, listen, I know you guys down there at Mar-a-Lago listen to the show. He, he's got to come out and say what Vivek's saying. He's got to. Yeah, because like that's the thing. People are sick of the crazy shit. And I don't think Vivek can win this time. I, I don't think it's possible. I think it's 100% Trump. But in reality, dude, there's some talking points that he's missing that would drive everybody over the edge that I think he's still hesitating on because of the pushback that he received during his four years in president. Yeah. What's your take on uh, on these candidates here You know, that, that were in the debate? When Donald Trump's not on the stage, the other candidates just remind us how much they're not Donald Trump. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and, and, and that's why Donald Trump benefits yeah. from these other people getting up and, and debating issues. You know, I, at the end of the day, he made America great again. There is tangible. I'm all about productivity and accountability. Mm-hmm. And it is hard to deny. You may disagree w- with what he's saying or how he's saying it or how he behaves, but you cannot deny that things were better when Donald Trump was the president of the United States, that the economy was better. Our border was secure. Uh, he was you know, fighting violent crime in our cities. Uh, th- there were so many wins. You know, the. the Trade deals were cut. I mean, again, the, the foreign policy, you didn't have Russia invading Ukraine. You didn't have China threatening Taiwan. You didn't have North Korea saber rattling because he kept everybody in check. And it is hard to deny the wins. And at the end of the day, tangible productivity, tangible results, tangible wins matter. And Donald Trump delivers. Yeah, yeah I I agree 100 percent. And it is what it is. I'm I'm listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm voting for Donald Trump. Real talk. You guys can be mad at me all you want. You can say whatever you want. I don't give a shit. Because of exactly what you just said. I'm a results-driven human being, all right? You guys that don't like him, you don't like his tweets. I don't like half the shit he says either, but I'm going to be real. I like the way that my finances look. I like the way that I could go to dinner without feeling like I'm going to get robbed. I like the way that, like, people were getting along. Like, with a few other changes, had he been a little bit more aggressive in regulating some of the things that you and Eric Schmidt have been working on and kind of, like, cleaning up some of this corrupt bureaucracy that's been going on right this country actually could be a free country again and 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 i think he's the only guy out there that has the motivation to do it with experience to do yeah like i don't think and i i I don't think like let's just say any of these other guys got elected pick any of them it doesn't matter none of them have the motivation to go in and truly ruffle the feathers that need to be ruffled to clean up what needs to be cleaned up this man has been persecuted. This man has been punished. This man has been drugged through the mud over and over and over again. And by the way, he's been exonerated on all of those things. Like the things where they talk about the Russia collusion that was made up. Okay, we could go down the list, down the list, down the list. Now they're using a weaponized DOJ to to persecute this guy because of his political positioning, which is literally the behavior of actual dictators and tyrants over the history of humankind. And so if we are able to get him in back in, I really think, honestly, it's the only chance we have to even have 
the United States of America ever be the United States of America again. And I think it's going to take more than just him. It's going to take someone behind him and someone behind him. And so, like, maybe some of these guys uh, can be behind him. I doubt it because it's probably going to be me. Let's be real. All right? <laughs> Sorry to bust a spoiler. It. Dude, did you guys see Chris Christie's? Uh... Chris Christie's going to diet. Bro. Did you? <laughs> Bro, your motherfucker's got a 70-inch waist, dude. Like, how, like, dude, how do you walk around like that, bro? Did you he, see his Donald Duck comment? He looks like Donald Duck. Bro, He's uh, built like Donald have Duck. Have you seen it? I haven't seen oh, it. Let's, let's watch this real quick. We need to go on our back in our suburbs. People are threatened there. We need it in our rural areas. People feel threatened there. And we need it in Washington, D.C. also. And Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Oh, oh, God. Oh, bro. Yeah. From a guy that How long did he practice that? <laughs> bro, no shit. And from a, from a guy that legitimately looks like Humpty Dumpty. Bro. Okay, let me be real. <laughs> I used to be 350 pounds, so I have no problem making fun of you if you're big like yeah, this. Same. That statement would be taken seriously if, if that guy was, like, taking care of himself and was presenting himself and lived a healthy lifestyle and looked a certain way. Peep, that comment would have came off a completely different way. So you guys that give me shit when I tell you, and this is off the topic, Andrew, but I tell these guys all the time, I'm like, look, your physical fitness matters to people's perception of you. And this is a perfect example. Nobody takes Chris Christie seriously no matter what he thinks because he looks like fucking Humpty Dumpty. That's the truth. It's fair, man. Yeah. It's well, fair. You know, I, I would say, too, it, it's not believable. Like to say Donald Trump's scared of debating. How many times has that guy gone on CNN? These aren't yeah. friendly environments. Yeah, he goes he on crushes them. He crushes it. Yeah. I mean, he's winning hearts and minds he, and he's reinforcing the message and he's doing it in such a way that, you know, he's going up against competitive adversaries. So I, I also, I just don't believe what Governor Christie's saying there. I think it, it falls flat. I think it looks really contrived. Yeah. yeah that's I, real. it, it, dude, this guy, he's a clown. joke's not funny. Listen, guys, you know, we're real good at jokes over here at, at uh, well, I mean, that's debatable. That's Some not, of us are good at jokes. Uh, other listen. other us of us have a long way to go. Listen, we we know a little, we know a thing or two, all right. But I, I thought that was the most shocking thing. Pence also tries to do a joke. I don't know if you guys saw his. Mike Pence. He made a sex joke. Now, who wants to hear a uh, hundred and fifteen year old man make a sex joke? Well, I mean. I think we should. Nobody. Well, let's go do it anyway. Here we go. This is Mike Pence. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. But I want to answer the question as well, Dana, that you just asked Doug Burr. Because by way of full disclosure, Chris, you mentioned the president's situation. I'm, my wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers union, but I got to admit, I've, I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. And um, for full disclosure. Bro, what? <laughs> Bro, he what about <laughs> He doesn't even think it's funny. No, what what got what people do you have on your team, man? Like you know that's some young intern being like, "Mike, listen. They don't like you. All right? You're not funny. You got to be more funny." So I wrote you this joke. And Mike says like this. I'm not saying that. He's like, look, you want to win? The polls say say it. <laughs> Just like they say wear a blue fucking suit and a red tie, bro. Like, holy shit. You so, know, I've, I've been sleeping with a teacher. Does authenticity <laughs> still matter? 
Sure. I mean, that's my question. Absolutely. Yeah. That's then, why Trump's popular. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think these two, the juxtaposition of those two against Donald Trump is the perfect mm-hmm. evidence that, that authenticity does still matter. Donald Trump comes out on CNN. He doesn't know what they're going to ask him. Yeah. And it, it's not prepared scripted yeah. lines like that. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that falls flat because it is so contrived. Yeah, and I the, think... I think that's where Vivek is filling a gap for these guys. Yeah. Like a lot of the young people who are who are not for Donald Trump, who were maybe voted for Biden this last time, they really liked Vivek. I hear this all the time. Mm. A lot of my friends, I have a, a really good friend, uh, Hayden, who owns a pretty big company, and he's more of a, a libertarian. You know, he's not he he's and he he loves Vivek because of, and we were talking about it and and uh it's all because of the authenticity, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he see Vivek does a couple of things he's done have been rehearsed, but after that, when he realized, I think that he messed that up, he's been pretty authentic. You know, I think, I think, I think we, authenticity is what matters the most. We want real. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the public wants real. I think we inherently want to to know that something's real. And this kind of polished, scripted politician, yeah, it, it, it's like you want to be a politician more than you want to be a leader. Yeah, that's, bro. that's problematic. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, man. Guys, jump in on this conversation. Let us know what you guys think down in the comments. Hashtag round two. Let us know what you guys think. Let's get on to our third and final headline. Headline number three. Headline number three reads, First Biden impeachment inquiry hearings commences Thursday morning. It's getting started. Well, they're done with them. Yeah. I think think so. I I think so. It appears there's still a little bit of fight in there, but uh, but let's dive through this. Check this out. So let's just get through the facts of what's going on right now. Um, So fast facts. This is from Fox News. House Republicans will hold the first impeachment inquiry uh, hearing into President Biden on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. According to the Office of House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, Uh, Out of Kentucky, the hearing, quote, will examine the value of an impeachment inquiry and will present all evidence to date uncovered by the committee in its investigation into the Biden family finances. The witnesses who will testify at the hearing include Bruce uh, Dubinsky, a uh, forensic accountant with decades of experience in financial uh, investigations and consulting, and who the committee says has testified in over 80 trials, including trials that involved financial uh, fraud. Former Assistant Attorney General. Can I just say the U.S. Department of Justice Tax Division, those people know how to party. Do they? If you want a good time, that's, <laughs> that's where you go, the <laughs> DOJ Tax Division. Um, I guarantee it. Oh, my gosh. Former Assistant Attorney General uh, Eileen O'Connor, who served in the United States Department of Justice Tax Division, uh, and law professor Jonathan Turley, who testified in the Clinton and Trump impeachments, will also testify. President Biden has denied any involvement in his son Hunter's business dealings. The White House has dismissed today's hearing as a uh, as an, quote, evidence free probe and a political stunt. Um, now, these reports keep coming out. Apparently, the, the totals up to now, like 50 million dollars has been uncovered. Um, and trace back uh, one of the wires that was sent from China was actually like directly addressed to Biden's home residence. Right. Um, all of these things are, are still coming out. Um, but here's what I think I, I found hilarious. Let's check in with CNN. Um, we know how those guys are doing over there. Um, of course, they're rolling out their fact checks. Um, fact check House Republicans first hearing in Biden impeachment inquiry. Um, and so they listed out. They only have three of them so far. But let's just dive through their fact checks. Maybe see if we can pull any uh, BS out of it. Um, So the first one is uh, Republicans have presented no evidence Biden himself received foreign money. 
Um, and the fact check they're saying is uh, the $20 million figure is roughly accurate for Joe Biden's family and associates, according to the bank records subpoenaed by the committee. But the phrase the Bidens and their associates obscures the fact uh, that there is no public evidence to date that President Joe Biden himself received any of this money. Uh, and it's worth noting that the majority of the money went to the associates, uh, quote unquote, uh, Hunter Biden's business partners, not even Biden's family itself. So, so can, yeah, there's money there. I stole the least amount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and cons- conspiracy, like participating in conspiracy is no longer illegal, I guess. Yeah. And also, saying? you know, I, I mean, is it legal to just take money for policy decisions when you're an elected official of the United States government? Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, and like the water I mean, transfer- didn't we used to do something to those people like back in the days, like, you know, like lock them stick, up, stick their head in like this little hole and this thing like comes down and, <laughs> you know, like remember that thing? I remember that. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It was That's uh, what I'm French. talking about huh? French engineering. Yeah. It was like G or something. Yeah. It started with a G. A G. Yeah. yeah. Like it's good. Stand for good times. Yeah. That's what it stands for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got a question though. Yeah. So we the the Biden crime family is the basis for the impeachment. Mm-hmm. Why not willful, knowing, continuous constitutional violations? Why not take the evidence from Missouri v. Biden? Because Congress has already hold, held hearings on the weaponization of the federal government. Why is that not also a basis for impeachment? Mm. The the Biden crime family is bad enough, but we've got a president who took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution and is willfully, knowingly, and dedicated to continuous violations? Yeah. Is that not also an impeachable offense? I mean, I, isn't it, I mean, so like, are, so, I mean, why is that though? Like, is there no communication between the states and federal? We, no, we, like, what, what's the... Senator Schmidt has testified in, in, in Congress about the uh, Missouri v. Biden that held multiple hearings. I've testified in, in Congress about it. Uh, you know, Representative Jordan has certainly uncovered. So we can show you the, the ripple of, in the pond effect. Like, I can show you the emails where the, the White House is targeting uh, censorship on big tech, is demanding censorship on big tech. But what Congressman Jordan can show you is the big tech's response internally, mm. that they knew that they were violating since the, the First Amendment. They knew that they were censoring at the demand of the federal government. I mean, it, 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 again, the, the, the evidence is now clear. It, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. There's, there's There can be no longer be any confusion. That's why you've seen the legacy media walk away from this idea that there wasn't really coercion and collusion because we can not only show you the, the direct communication, but then the, the subsequent internal communications at big tech. I don't know. I, I think it's worth a conversation. Uh, I think that there's ample evidence that uh, President Biden himself was personally involved. We can show you the email where his uh, director of digital communication says that the demand for censorship is coming from the top. And he emphasizes very top levels at the White House. Who is that? Yeah. The big guy. Yeah. Uh, or it could be Obama. <laughs> well, I think it, I think it is both of them. Yeah. yeah. At what point, <clears throat> you know, I talk about this all the time on the show. You know, I talk about the border being left open. I talk about our, our strategic oil reserves being depleted. I talk about our, our gas projects and our natural energy products being canceled. I talk about the crime in the big cities. I talk about, uh, you know, them shipping all of our military equipment uh, or leaving it in Afghanistan and then shipping the rest to Ukraine, leaving us over here with a with a problem where we don't have enough equipment. Um, I talk about, like, the endless printing of money. And I talk about this money that is coming from these countries that would benefit from those actions. At what point is this considered legitimate treason towards this country? Yeah. I mean, clearly president Biden has no interest 
in American sovereignty. Uh, he's using the government. The government is absent where needed and present where unwanted. Mm -hmm. So he has no time to secure the southern border from an all-out invasion at this point that's making Missouri communities less safe. Fentanyl, human trafficking, cartels have taken over. He's ceded control of the southern border to the cartels. And yet, a Chinese spy balloon flies over the state of Missouri, lets it cross country, paws over U.S. military installations, shoots it down after it's finished its mission. And yet, he's going to go after your gas stoves, the car you drive, the fossil fuels you need to heat your home and transport your kids to and from school in a time where Americans are hurting because of Bidenomics and this the inflation. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it is deplorable. He, and go back to Donald Trump and, and accountability, productivity. Immigration law is largely unchanged from the 1980s. The same statutes are on the books because they just can't get anything through Congress. President Trump used the tools at his disposal to reduce border crossings by more than 90 percent. And yet Biden has abandoned those policies and border crossings are through the roof. So, yeah, it's an invasion. I, I, it, it is. I mean, again, one man has done more damage to this country in less than four years than a foreign attack likely could have in that same amount of time. So so at what point who determines if it's treason? Who determines like, is it the people who determines that, you know, that man in office? Well, here's what I, I, I would really like to understand, you know, and this is this this may be an uncomfortable topic to bring up, but, you know. <clears throat> Our Constitution says that the citizens of this country have a duty to step in when the government is behaving exactly as these people are behaving. So, you know, at what point in time are we supposed to cross that line and actually handle what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, are are we are we waiting for to see what they're going to do this next election or? Right. Like well, I think I'm saying, like because I, I feel people. To... I'm not the only one that feels this no, way, bro. No. Like there's there's millions of people out there that are like, what? When is something going to happen? And in my opinion, I think there. I think that there is an intentional agitation to call for. I think they're trying to instigate violence the way I'm describing it, so that they can crush the people who are organizing it or imprison the people that are organizing it as the leaders. And I think the January 6th shit that's been going on is all about scaring people from actually organizing to actually create any sort of change on their own. And, you know, when our founding fathers, who were very smart, they wrote this into our Constitution. And, and, and so, like... For a reason. Yeah. And we're here. And... That's what I'm saying. Like, so, like, I mean, like, is it, like, what are we waiting on? Is it somebody to designate, like, hey, okay, yeah. Like, we have enemies within our our country right and like you know we all take an oath i think as a citizen like that oath isn't like you've signed up for it not even knowing you've signed up for it but like we have to protect this country from all enemies foreign i don't believe they're going I, I don't dude i don't think there's any there i don't think there's any chance at all that they allow donald trump to win that election yeah i don't think and i think totally agree 100%. Yeah. So yeah and i think the day after that there's going to be a massive gut check in this country dude there, there, so many of us feel like we've been left behind by a system that yeah. ignores our voices, silences our voices, prosecutes our heroes, weaponizes the government against us. The Constitution exists to protect us from the government, and the government exists to protect our rights. But what we see is the Biden administration weaponizing the government against those he disagrees with, like you, like me, like President Trump. Mm -hmm. And... Again, going back to the impeachment talk, I mean, I think that if you've got a president that committed to violating the right to free speech, 
that evidence needs to be put forth in, in, as part of the impeachment inquiry. It's just another uh, another accusation that needs to be analyzed by, by the House of Representatives. Yeah. Yeah. They are, they are, yes. I mean, and, and back to the CNN fact check, too, man. Like, they brought up, like, they're saying that uh, Jim Jordan falsely claims Hunter Biden said he was unqualified for Burisma board. Um, it's not true that he said that, but it is true that he's not. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, all of, like bro, they, they play this game. Of, oh, it's a contra- game of controlling the language. That's, that's out it. of the Communist Manifesto, bro. Like, if you read any of Karl Marx, or you read Solinsky, or you read uh, Mao's book, you read any of these things, they talk about the controlling of the language and, and the manipulation of the language. Like, when these people say our democracy is at stake or our democracy is going to fail, they use democracy interchangeably with communism. Mm. Okay? So, like, when these people, these progressive left people say... Our democ- democracy is threatened. They they really mean what they mean is is communism from our definition. Right. Their plan. Yeah. It's, it means yeah. they're losing. It's never been about truth. It's always been about power. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff's crazy, man. Um, yeah. I mean, guys, let us know what you think, man. I think this. It, here, here's another thing I'm going to ask you too. I feel like uh, this stuff gets so delayed. Like, I feel like like the the amount of time that it takes to do these things, like. You know, we are in 2023. Is there no way to, I don't want to say fast track because you want to make sure you're thorough. I get all of that. Right. But like, why does it like, why has it taken us to 2023 to get to this point for this, you know, for the small amount of transparency that we do have? Like, are we not able to speed that process up at all, man? You know, in my mind, it's a double edged sword. I mean, the separation of powers inherent in the structure of our government is essential to prevent authoritarianism. The downside to that is change comes slowly. Mm. And the problem we've got, again, is that we've got our opponents who have jettisoned the rule of law. They no longer elevate the rules of the game above the players and the outcomes. And quite frankly, policy, rule, statute can't keep pace with the nadir of depravity from the left. Right. Transgenders. And let's take that as an example. Most people didn't even know that was going on, that children were being raced towards sterilization or that the parents were being lied to and coerced and that the detransitioners were suffering as a result. It took time to realize that this abomination was even occurring. And then we got to get a law passed. I mean, who would have thought if you asked my grandmother, do we need to pass a law to make sure doctors aren't sterilizing kids? She'd say, well, what are you we, talking we about? need a law for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, the depravity of the left is so far gone that it is tough for us to keep pace from a from a the legal perspective, the policy perspective. Yeah. Do we really think it's the left though? Like if we're being honest, like it's, I feel like there's a lot of people who are legitimately like just, they, they, they lean more towards the left that are still common sense people who have been completely abandoned by this like radical progressivism. That really is communism. That's what we're dealing with. And, and I feel like a lot of the, like, I feel like a lot of you guys, cause we have a lot of these guys listening to the show now. You guys are going to have to like say like, okay, well, I don't believe in what these people believe anymore. There's, this is not what I'm about. Like, I'm not, I'm not for. It's not what they believe. It anymore. isn't. Like, it's at completely all. changed. Yeah, and to sit there and still ride that train when you understand where it's going, we're entering a phase now where like you're complicit in some very evil shit. Like, it's time to like wake up, dude, and say, hey, we're not for this. Mm-hmm. That's real, man. Guys, join in on this conversation. Uh, let us know what you guys think on this final uh, headline. Uh, Join us in the comments. Hashtag down goes corn pop. Let us know what you guys think.
Um, so that was our third and final headline. Uh, we have our final segment of the show. As always, we have thumbs up or dumb as fuck. This is where we bring a headline up. Um, we talk about it. Typically, it might be like a Florida dude or something, you know, doing something crazy. I um, like the Florida guys. I like the Florida guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Florida man. Good. They're, they're just <laughs> Florida man. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we bring this article up and then we'll all vote on it, uh, whether or not it gets that. So our thumbs up or dumb as fuck headline reads. Someone tried to bring an emotional support alligator into the Phillies game. Definitely from Florida. <laughs> the, the gator has a social media following. Oh, a big one too. Yeah, a big one. Yeah. So you alligator. Yeah. So you've heard of bark at the park. Uh, days celebrating cats also are a thing across now it's the arm at the park. <laughs> <laughs> um, celebra- uh, days celebrating cats are also a thing across Major League Baseball. Uh, but there isn't a Gator Day. Um, and a very Florida man twist. There it is. There we go. <laughs> there it is. Uh, an emotional support alligator reportedly was denied entrance to Citizens uh, Bank Park on Wednesday night, where the playoff-bound Phillies were set to take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Wally Gator is a working emotional support alligator. This is real. Okay, He's owned by Jonestown resident Joey Henney. Uh, who can be seen holding Wally's leash in the third photo above. The reptile has a sizable following on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Henny earlier told the Inquirer that Wally helps him battle depression and that he likes to give hugs. He said last year when Wally was spotted splashing around at Love Park last summer uh, that the gator has never bitten anyone yet. Um Animals are no stranger to sports team, uh, sports arena. Uh, think Rally Cat. Uh, we had Rally Squirrel here in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, or any number of cameos by squirrels, birds, and other creatures. But uh, at least for today, it looks like Wally will have to cheer on uh, the fields from home. Now, I went to MLB's website um, and their policy on service animals, and I found this. Um, it says guide dog service animals or service animals in training are welcome all other animals uh, are prohibited. Now, I don't know how the letter of the law is written. Yeah, do we have a suit here? You know, the case? I, I, okay, so this is taking me back to first year of law school. We had okay. a case where it was like, which animals qualify as service animals? There, there's, If I'm remembering correctly, there is some ambiguity in the law. And mm. so, yeah, I mean... Service gator? I mean, service I, gator. Look, yeah. Dude, I, he's big too, man. I have, a, I have concerns. If you've got an alligator with... with two social media accounts Mm -hmm. and a sizable social media following, it doesn't feel like that as a service animal so much as an attention-seeking device. Mm. And so I kind of question, you know, are we, or is this a, a, a stunt to to try to? Uh, and look, it, it does give hugs. That's, he, uh, that's he incredible. looks like he's smiling yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I alligator looks like he's a good guy. He looks he looks swell. I mean, make a yeah. great pair of boots or uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a no for me. I'm not doing that. No, no gator. No, bro. Gators are dinosaurs, bro. Like this is from millions of years ago. This is left over from like the age where we were the food. I'm not trying to be the food. I eat a gator, bro. I'll I've eat a gator for. Yeah, I've uh, had one too. Where is so? Here's what I love about this story, though. This is the kind of thing that gets the left all knotted up. Because they want to be for the guy bringing the service animal in. Yeah, for sure. But they're also against animal abuse. Yes. And so, like, they, the, if you ask somebody on the left, they're like, their steam's coming out of their ears right now because yeah. they don't know what to think about this. And, and like, they're so conflicted on this. So, it, it actually is a fun story in that regard. Look at him giving all the hugs, man. He, he, looks he really like he likes does it. give some hugs, man. He does. He I'll tell you what, dude. I, I highly, and this is like 
by a score of a hundred to zero, like animals better than people. It's, oh, no it's doubt. not even close. For yeah, me, no dude. doubt, no doubt. Like animals are pure, except for cats, bro. Those things are. I just don't, evil. dude. I get invited to go hunting all the time and do all this stuff by the, some of the biggest hunters that do all this. Bro, it's just not for me, man. Mm. It's just not for me. Like, and like we're gonna go for people. <laughs> I'm in, bro. I am in, but I am not. I just can't do it. They didn't do anything. Yeah, that's true. You know, like it's just not. It's just See, not. I like in only, me, man. I, you know that billboard we we talked about. It. You know, have you seen the billboard where it's like uh, I think it was like a PETA billboard. It was like you know they showed all these animals, right? It's like you know guinea pig go all the way up to like where's horse. the line? It's like where do you draw the line? I'm like yeah, right about there. We, we <laughs> draw the line. Saying, we like, draw the line at Keith's cat. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, like I'll, I'll fucking I'll eat a cat, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I ain't got a problem with it. Uh, hey, seasoning? What kind of seasoning? Uh, well, for cat, dude, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think at the, uh, the little, little little Chinese restaurant by my house, I think they use, like, like teriyaki or some shit. So you're basically <laughs> saying... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I'm not putting... I'm not... I'm not. I'm not putting any seasoning on mine. Yeah, just salt pepper, but not too much pepper. That's right. Too spicy. That's right. That's real, man. So, what, what are we giving this gator? Wally the gator. What we got? I, I think it's just thumbs up. Or to is me, this... it's I like I like Wally Gator, but you know, I'm disappointed I didn't see him have a selfie with my boy Bryce Harper, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Bryce Harper. I I don't know. Like I, I could see Bryce Harper and Wally Gator getting getting to hang out. You know. I can see that. Yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up. Thumbs up? What we got over here? Yeah, I, I got to give it a thumbs up. Creative, uh, you know, it's bold. Uh, yeah, you, yeah I, I reject the status quo. Yeah, yeah, right, like, let's, yeah. let's reject the He's status quo. And you, I love it. Let's go. I love it, man. Well, that's thumbs up, guys. Yay, yay for Florida man. <laughs> Florida, man <wins> again. <laughs> Florida man is undefeated on the show, bro. Yeah, he is. He is. He absolutely is. Uh, well, guys, Andrew, Andy, that's all I got. Uh Andrew, thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciate the work you're doing. It's very, very important. If you guys, uh, if you guys want to follow along with what he's doing, uh, you're fairly active on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? It's just Andrew Bailey. I think it's AG Andrew Bailey. AG, AG Andrew, Andrew Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Guys, give him a follow. Check out what he's doing. Uh, he's one of the most important men in the fight of what's going on for this country. Really appreciate you making the time to come on, brother. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you being a voice for freedom in this and. Rational rationality yeah. in this country. Thank you for everything that's, you do. That's Thanks debatable. For <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Don't be a hoe. Share the show. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl. Fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch. Booted swole. Got her own.